The Dr. Coffee Podcast is proudly brought to you by IndemniMed. Welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast, your weekly blend of motivation, encouragement, education, and insight into all things medicine for junior doctors and medical students in South Africa. This is the second installment of a series we've had brewing for a while, Motherhood and Medicine. Over the past month or so, I've been arranging interviews with some superstar moms. The original plan was to try and get everyone in the same room for a panel discussion format. However, the most difficult part of organizing this has been to try and coordinate everyone's busy schedules. As you can imagine, between various theater lists, call rosters, exams, school runs, and running their own practices, to try and get a perfect alignment of five moms' schedules, particularly those in registrar time and private practice, is like trying to arrange a solar eclipse. So instead, I've decided to interview each guest for a short one-on-one episode of about 30 minutes in length. My hope is that as you listen to each mom's story, how she navigated medicine and her pregnancy and now being a mom, that you'll be equipped and inspired to make your own important life choices more effectively and with the wisdom of others. Please let us know what you thought about this series by dropping us an email to drcoffeeza at gmail.com. And if you think we earned it, a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also find this episode on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, Dr. Coffee ZA, where we're making slow but steady progress uploading our back catalogue of over 50 episodes. Before we dive into today's interview, please allow for a quick word about our terrific sponsors that have made today's episode possible. Throughout our Motherhood and Medicine series, we've heard from our guests how important having the correct support system can be. Applying this to your own medical practice need not wait until you're pregnant or a mom yourself. You can get started maximizing your time in medical practice with V Professional Services. V Professional Services are a medical practice administrator, medical bureau, and a professional medical accountant with a nationwide distribution and reach. If you're a new healthcare practitioner, they'll help you from beginning to end, from practice registration to management and training. They take care of the responsibility of following up on all payments due to your practice, whether from patients or medical aids, and are one of the only medical billing specialists authorized to set up debit order collections. Their expertise in practice management, medical billing, and specialized support results in more time for you to focus on your patients and what matters most to you, preserving the goodwill of your practice and driving your business forward. V Professional Services are the official medical billing sponsor of the Dr. Coffee podcast and proud sponsors of the Motherhood and Medicine series. You can find out more about V Professional Services on their website vprofservices.com, sending an email to marketing at vprofservices.com or via Instagram with the username vprofservices. Now I get to introduce you to this week's guest. Dr. Lori Bikinio completed her undergraduate medical training at WITS and went on to complete her registrar time in internal medicine, qualifying as a specialist physician. Since then, she spent a short time in private practice before launching into a new career in medical education and training. She is currently part of the faculty at the WITS unit for undergraduate medical education in Parktown, Johannesburg. Dr. Bikinio is a devoted mother of two children and wife of Dr. Liam Brannigan. I love that Dr. Bikinio's story represents a side we don't always consider, and that is non-clinical careers in medicine. 
Certainly, if you have dreams of being an involved and hands-on mom while still working in medicine, this is one avenue you might consider to get the best of both worlds. Without further ado, here is Dr. Laurie Bikino. Welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast. Dr. Laurie Bikino, good to have you here. Thank you very much, Simon. Good to be here. Today, we're talking about motherhood and medicine, and to lay a foundation and introduce you to our listeners and our viewers on YouTube, tell us a little bit about who you are and your family dynamics, so we get a sense of who you are as a mom. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I am married to another doctor, um, Liam Brannigan, who was on your podcast a little while ago. Um, Liam is a anaesthetist and a critical care specialist. We've got two children together. Our son, Noah, is 12, and our daughter, Mila, is nine, well, eight. She'll be turning nine in February. Awesome. Okay, great. And you are a doctor, and more than just a doctor, you're a specialist even, and now working in a kind of academic role at Fitz Medical School. Um, let's talk about your junior doctor years and your medical training and what led, led you to where you are now, so how you went about becoming a specialist and what your career ambitions were. Sure. Okay. So um, I, I did all my training at WITS. Um, so started uh, undergrad at WITS, got my MBBCH from there. I did my internship at Barra and my community service at Timbisa Hospital. I then did a little bit of MO time at, um, I was at the Gen or Charlotte as it's now called, and then uh, some more MO time at Barra. Uh, before I took on my reg post and then did my specialist training also internal in internal medicine. So I'm trained as a physician. Um, after that, I, I, I then, so, so I got pregnant towards the end of my reg time and my son was actually born just after I got my FCP. Wow. Um, at that stage, I was considering taking a fellow post to subspecialize as well. Wow. Um, but yeah, we, we made the decision that it, it wasn't um, it wasn't the right time. I, I had a brand new baby and I wanted to, you know, really focus on that and focus on being a mom. So I turned down the fellow post um, and was in private practice, had a small private practice for a little while. Um, and then when my son was, I think he was about one or just before he turned one, a, a colleague of mine contacted me and said there was an opportunity. They were looking for someone um, at the medical school. Someone had gone on sabbatical and they needed a replacement and was I interested? And um, so at the time, to be honest, I was having some doubts about medicine. Well, I had had some doubts about medicine for a while, about clinical medicine. And, uh, and my practice was quite small. I was looking to supplement my income. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take, you know, I'll, I'll look into it. Went, applied for the post, got involved at the med school, and then actually found that I really enjoyed medical education, um, enjoyed it much more than clinical practice. And so I got more involved uh, on that side, uh, got some further qualifications in medical education. And um, eventually when my daughter was born, decided to leave clinical practice altogether and focus entirely on my kids and on my job in medical education. 
Wow, that's quite a journey and a lot of decisions along the way and clearly mm. some shared decision-making as well. So um, you would have had discussions hopefully very early on. And what were those discussions like with your husband? Was the plan always to have kids? Uh, did you plan to fall pregnant during reg time? Like, What was the, the decision-making like? What was the conversation like when we were talking about when are we going to time having kids? How are we going to approach being parents? What was that like for you? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so definitely, we had always um, known that we wanted to have children. It was definitely on the cards for us. Um, we didn't really have a, or at least we hadn't set a specific timeline around where we, when we were going to have kids. Um, but yeah, but but it was definitely a priority for us. Um, Liam and I actually we, we struggled actually to fall pregnant. So, so when we did. Um, when we did start trying, it took us about two years before we fell pregnant with Noah. Um, and we actually had to go through to a fertility clinic and go through a whole process um, yeah. with that. Um, so, but, but, but yes, I think I'm getting a bit sidetracked here. <laughs> Sorry. But, but we always wanted kids. We had always decided that it was a priority for us. And um, because, you know, we are a Christian family. We are quite a traditional Christian family. Liam is the head of our home. He's the breadwinner. Um, so it was always agreed between us that um, when we did have kids, he would obviously take more of that role on. And I would certainly take a step back in terms of making sure that I was available to our kids and, you know, the primary caregiver and the involved and available parent. Cool. Yeah. I'm sorry that you had those struggles. And do you think that being a registrar at the time and the hours and the physical strain, do you think that that had any kind of impact on your ability to fall pregnant and to do pregnancy well? Um, so I don't really know, Simon. I know that um, even, even in our friend group, our group of colleagues and peers, we knew a lot of people in medicine who struggled to fall pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, so I don't think it's an uncommon problem, uh, particularly in our in our field. And certainly when we went to the fertility clinic and we were seeing the doctors there, they told us the same thing, that a lot of their mm -hmm. clients are in medicine. Um, so I think probably, yes, I think the stress and the, the hours and the lifestyle and the commitment, I think does have an effect, absolutely. As, as it happens, we struggled the second time around with Mila as well. And so, in fact, we actually had to go the full process of IVF with Mila. Oh, wow. And at that time, um, you were in reg training, so you couldn't put it on reg training. So, yeah. Yeah. Are, so, at that time, there are it was, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you've obviously been a mom now through different seasons. Some seasons as you know, the mom to very, very small children with nappies and potty training, but then also a mom yeah. now to kids that are in primary school and on one on the verge of even high school. Motherhood goes through seasons. Can you maybe outline for our junior doctors and our medical students some of the seasons in motherhood that they, they can kind of see on the horizon if this is something that they want to choose to pursue? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so I think... First, uh, let me preface it by saying that being a mom and having these children has been, of everything I've ever done, of everything we've achieved, this has been the pinnacle. Like it's my favorite, it's my favorite role, you know. Um, so I, I love being a mom. 
I love the fact that everything else is, you know, kind of secondary to that. I don't have any issue at all with work coming second, you know. Um, just, but, but just in terms of like timing and planning and the different seasons, um, I think, I do think that it's difficult to be pregnant and working um, as a junior doctor, as a registrar, because it's tough, you know, working, particularly if you're working in a busy center and you haven't got a huge amount of support. Um, it, it is hard. It's, it's tough to be working like that. It's tough to work like that anyway. So when you're pregnant, I think it's difficult, but even more so when the baby's born. So after pregnancy, you want to be available. You, you want to be bonding with your child. You want to spend that time with them in the first you know, few months to the first year. You want to have that attachment. I think that's really, really important. And I think um, depending on what phase you're in in your career, you don't necessarily always have that opportunity, you know. Yeah. So, um, so it's something to consider if you are planning a pregnancy. Um, certainly for me, it worked out quite well for me because I was pregnant towards the end of my reg time. And so my, my son was born just after I got my qualification. Uh, I had finished up my reg time. I wasn't, um, as it happens, they didn't if because I turned down the fellowship post, they didn't have another post for me. So I was forced to kind of start my private practice. And that was that was fine. That actually suited me quite well, you know. Um Liam obviously was he was working, he was doing his fellowship at the time. So he made it possible for me to be able to have that time with our with our son and then later on with our daughter, um, which was really important and something that I was really grateful for. Um, and then as Sorry, so, as you're yeah. speaking, sorry to cut in, it's just, it jumps out to me. There's a couple of major themes there. The first one being support, because you needed to have support and there was a framework of support around. But also there was definitely some unity between you and your husband and a shared kind of vision that this is something we're doing together. Um, I haven't heard you once speaking as if you were against each other or that there was tension in any way. There was this definitely like teamwork happening. And then also I think yeah. what's coming across is that understanding that everything has a season, you know, so like academic training has a season, pregnancy has a season and almost having that attitude of like this too shall pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I can, I can reassure everybody your, your training time will pass, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think I fully agree with that. And, and, you know, not to say like, Liam and I have our tensions and we have had our tensions, not to say that everything was plain sailing, but, but we definitely did have a shared vision for how our family would be set up and the roles that each of us would play. Um, and, you know, all I can say is that he, he was, he was and has been wonderful in, in allowing me not only to be a mom and to take the role of the mom in our kids' lives, but even when I transitioned from clinical practice into medical education, he very much was was the one who supported me and made that possible, you know, because if he hadn't been earning and supporting our family and supporting me in that transition, there's no ways I would have been able to do that. Yeah. So yeah, definitely shared goal, lots of shared decision making, lots of shared vision um, and support, absolutely. And I think it's also important for everyone listening to know that children come into the environment you create for them. 
And so, you know, children don't solve any problems. Um, they, in fact, they can magnify yeah. problems if they're there, but also they adapt to whatever situation that you're in. So if you find yourself in a season where one or both of the parents are working extremely hard, you can find a way to work. You can find a way to create create a system and an environment that works for your family. Um, if it is a very busy and and stressful season, hopefully it's just for as short a time as possible. But kids are malleable and they can adapt and they can fit into whatever family units you're creating. So it's about what's what works best for you and your family identity. Would you agree with that? And is there anything you can add to that? Yeah, def I, I definitely would agree to that. And and I think um, Liam and I both were always very, um, what's the word? But 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 both very sure in the viewpoint that um, your children come into your world. You don't, you know, like suddenly dissolve into theirs, you know. <laughs> um, and so, so like, for example, when Noah was born, as I said, I'd just got my FCP. I had started working in private. I had a small practice going um when he was so when he was a baby obviously he you know we had someone who would come and look after him and we had a, we were fortunate we've we've been always very fortunate to have a really good support system in terms of like grannies and you know aunties and and other family but we did have an au pair for a while but when he got a little bit bigger when he was um you know a toddler he used to come to work with me you know he would come and do ward rounds with me so i'd go in to see the patients in the hospital Noah would tag along, he'd either sit at the nurse's station and draw or whatever, but occasionally he wanted to follow me around. And it, it you know, it was fine because the patients, the patients actually really loved it. They really loved seeing this, you know, this little guy coming in and saying hello and having a little chat with them and, you know, um, tagging along on the rounds. So very much he would fit in with what we were doing, you know, and that was that was just how life was at that time. Certainly at at the medical school. Um, there are numerous students and admin staff and clinicians who can attest to having seen my kids in the office and, you know, coming up to the canteen for lunch. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they do definitely fit in. That's a great way to segue a little bit into, into your current role, which is as a coordinator to the undergraduates training program at Fitz Medical School. Um, now, that obviously affords you certain, I wouldn't want to say luxuries, but certain different ways of working in medicine and being a parent at the same time. Can you maybe speak to what being in a non-clinical role has allowed you to do in being obviously still working in medicine and and using your medical qualifications and training, but being a parent as well. Yeah, um, it, it definitely has afforded me a lot more flexibility, um, certainly than being in the clinical space. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think so. So that was one of the challenges when when I when I made the transition into medical education. One of the challenges that I struggled with was this idea of, oh, but I've trained, I've done all of this work to become a doctor. And now I'm like, I almost feel like it's a cop-out, you know, like I'm selling out all of the stuff that I've done to go into this kind of unrelated field. And so it took me a little bit of a bit of time and a bit of work to realize that it's not, it's obviously not unrelated, but to, 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 kind of get my head around the fact that being involved in training and being involved in in um, 
in curriculum and in, in a program for, for many other doctors actually potentially was a much bigger impact than what I was having as a clinician with a few patients in a small practice, you know. Um, so that that took a bit of getting my head around. Um, but as you know, as I say, it, it has afforded me a huge number of benefits because on the one hand, I really enjoyed it. And so I found a lot of meaning and fulfillment there, which I wasn't finding in clinical medicine. And on the other hand, as I say, it allowed me to be involved and available and present as a parent. So I was able to take my kids to school in the morning. I was able to fetch them for the most part from school in the afternoon. I was able to spend time in the afternoons doing homework and school projects and, you know, all, all that sort of stuff and going to school functions and plays and concerts and all of that um, because of the flexibility that that the job allows me, which has been really wonderful and something that I'm very grateful for. And as we were chatting offline just before we hit recording um, today, you did mention that at first you had aspirations to be a neurosurgeon until you realized <laughs> actually you couldn't stand theater and that took you yeah. down the road towards internal medicine. And it was only yeah. once you were in this kind of non-clinical academic role that you realized how much you enjoyed the academic side of medicine. And maybe that was what yeah. you enjoyed particularly about internal medicine itself, which is quite academic and, and very theoretical. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. we in the series, we're talking about motherhood in particular, because motherhood is in and of itself very different from fatherhood. Um, there are some generalities to parenting, but being a father is different to being a mother. Can you talk to some of the yes. specifics about just motherhood, things that me as a father of three, I wouldn't even begin to imagine or think about some of the things that our young ladies who are going to come after you, what they can look forward to in terms of motherhood and what it means to be a mom. Um, yeah, so I think, um, sure, it's just... It, it, it's just amazingly special, you know, the bond that you have with your kids as a, as a mom, because you're the nurturer, you're the one that they, if when they're sore or they're sad or they're tired or they need something, generally you're the one they go to for that comfort or to have that need met or whatever it is, you know. So so it's a very, very special bond and a very special relationship, um, especially I would say when the kids are small, when they're babies and they're completely reliant on you. I know Liam, Liam always used to say that he felt like a bit of a third wheel when, you know, when the kids were babies because they, they didn't need him for anything. They, they didn't interact with him. You know, he was just kind of like around. <laughs> and, and really, I suppose a lot of his role then was to be more of a support for me than, than to them, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just you, you are, you're the comfort, the nurture, the safe space, the, the encourager, the... Um, just that, you know, warm, fuzzy spot for them, which I think is, it, it suits me. You know, I like to be that for my kids, where Liam is much more the motivator and the go-getter and the, you know, he teaches them a lot of really amazing things that sometimes I think would never have thought to teach them that. And I'm so grateful he did, but, you know, um, yeah, sorry. I don't actually know if I answered your question. That, sorry. that is an answer in and of itself. And I, I think that's, across the board, that is the experience of many, uh, where the mom is very much the the stable parents, the the nurturing parents, the reliable yeah. parents, and the dad is the exciting, extravagant <laughs> fireworks and danger dad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so 
any last final thoughts in this segment? Thank you so much for your time. I think that you've already um, brought something very different from the experience that many of our young um, women would experience or, or um, look to for mentoring and advice in medicine. Any final thoughts to our medical students and junior doctors about navigating being a woman in medicine and wanting to be a mom and trying to balance those career aspirations and those aspirations for family? Um, yeah, so so I think, I do think it is, I think it's difficult for young women today because there's a lot of pressure from society to say, you know, you've got to be the same and do the same and, you know, as men, you know, for example, like, and, and I think we just need to be comfortable in ourselves that we're actually not the same. Men and women are not the same. We don't have the same roles. It doesn't mean that we can't, it doesn't mean that we don't have the same value or worth. And it doesn't mean that we can't, you know, that, that I can't do something that a man can do. But the fact is we, we want different things. So, um, you know, for like, for example, with Liam and I, I could have pursued a huge career as a, you know, as a flashy physician and done all sorts of major wonderful things. I could have done that. It's not that I didn't have the ability to do that. I didn't want to because mm. I wanted my family and I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to be not, not just a mom, but be a, a good and involved and available mom, you know? And yeah. I think sometimes women just need to get comfortable with the fact that, you know, that you're allowed to want those things and it's not a failure on your part or a, or a cop out if you choose your family over your career. You know, yeah. that's that's allowed. Like, and, and just as that will be very, very encouraging to some women to hear where they're like, you know what, that's exactly the affirmation I needed to hear that just kind of resonates with my heart. And that's the decision that I want to make for myself. There will also be those, um, those like outlier ladies who are at the pinnacle of achievements who say, I don't want a family. I want to yeah. just pursue career. And that's also okay. That's their decision. That's Absolutely. their choice. And it's okay to be true to yourself and be true to the decisions you make for yourself uh, in your career, in your family, whatever it is that you choose to do. But we shouldn't see motherhood and medicine as these two mutually exclusive monsters where you can either do one or the other well, but you can't enter into both definitely. territories, right? No, definitely not. I mean, I, I, I am not in clinical med medicine anymore, but I do know very successful clinicians who have got children who are good moms, who, you know, are finding a balance and doing it both. So, so definitely, absolutely. It, there's nothing to say that you, that you can't have it all. Dr. Laurie Bacchino, thank you so much for your time. It's been excellent to have you on the Dr. Coffee podcast, adding your perspectives to our series on motherhood and medicine. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Simon. Well, that's it for part two. Look out for the other four parts where we hear from some more remarkable mothers in medicine. Let us know what you thought about this episode in the comments on Instagram or via email. The podcast email address is drcoffeeza at gmail.com. That's D-R-Coffee-Z-A with no punctuation marks. You can also interact with us using the Q&A function on Spotify. Every episode of the podcast has it, where you can share your thoughts, ask questions, or respond to the episode. Thanks for listening. Thank mm -hmm. you.